welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, coming at you with one and only Puma King. Woo, woo, woo. You hear that, Jay? That's an emergency podcast for the PFR fans. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Podcast 56 is an emergency podcast. And why is it an emergency podcast, you may ask? Why is it an emergency podcast, Jay? Because the NFL world does not take a single goddamn day off, okay? That's why, okay? <laughs> Dude, it was crazy. It's It was crazy. I was on my way home from work last night, and all this news comes down on a Sunday. And, you know, it's the last time anybody's going to expect anything. They're probably still in a coma from watching uh, from watching golf yesterday up here in Connecticut. Uh, I think that's where the tour stop was. And, and you texted me saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, heavy breathing. Pat signed Cam Newton. Oh, my God, I can't believe it. And here I am, like, breaking the law, driving and checking out the phone, being like, there's no way. This is insane. But, yeah. Uh, some crazy news went down. Both of the, both of the stories involved with the Pats, but the the leading story has to be Cam Newton signing a one year contract to go up to Foxborough. Yeah, listen, man. Uh, last night I sat down to watch a movie with the roommates, and uh, the second we hit the the start button, uh, we get to the roll credits. You know, I have the notifications turned off for Adam Schefter, and all of a sudden I see something come through, and it says, you know, Patriots have signed quarterback Cam Newton to a one year deal. Now immediately. It didn't sink in. I like I didn't feel like it was real. I had to double check the actual handle because in the past there's a couple of jokers out there, uh-huh. a couple of fake Adam Schefters that have been breaking news, you know, that really isn't news. So I had to do a double take and make sure I was I was looking at it. But essentially, that's what the podcast is gonna, is, is about today. It's an emergency podcast. We're just gonna kind of talk about the Cam Newton um, signing and what the implications are, are that for the Patriots. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Puma. Get your first thoughts on that, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, my first thought. Super low risk, high reward. Uh, they signed him basically to the veteran minimum uh, because New England, they rank 32nd in available cap space at $1.85 million, And I believe the veteran minimum is about $1.1. Uh, so they're basically using up all their cap space. But it's super incentive uh, driven. So if he hits all of his kickers and triggers for meeting incentives, that could balloon up to $7.78 million depending on how things play out. But uh, we were talking about this off air and I thought about it a little bit more today. And again, it's super low risk for a team that now is finding a new identity now that it's the era without Tom Brady. Um, but I still think, I still think right now, Jared Sidham is ahead in the clubhouse. I mean, let's be honest. Yes. Cam Newton is an athletic freak. And when he came out of Auburn, he was, you know, he's, he, he's an athletic stud and he, he, you know, he was then and he still is now to an extent. But let's be honest, he's five years removed from his MVP season. Uh, he's been injury plagued the last couple of years with the shoulder and the foot. And, you know, who knows what they're going to get when he goes down to training camp. He can put all the the edited videos out of him throwing the football to OBJ or working out with Tyrod Taylor last month. But until they see him in Foxborough, in uniform, going through the progressions and the motions and seeing how that shoulder and foot are going to hold up. You know, I still have 
Jared Stidham in the clubhouse uh, as the leader right now. And, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm surprised. I think, you know, Cam Newton, a healthy Cam Newton in the NFL is a fun NFL. But, you know, again, let's face facts. Over the last, you know, eight games, he's 0-8 with nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and he's just he, he just couldn't avoid the injury bug. So unless he's going to change his playing style a little bit, I'm not jumping to too many conclusions. I'm going to put the gun to your head here and say, give me your prediction of who's going to be the uh, the quarterback coming out of camp for the Patriots, who's going to be the number one starter in week one. Right now, I still I still I'll stick by Jared Stidham. I still have him as uh, head in the clubhouse, and you know, again, it's not the contract's not even guaranteed. So if they don't like what they see with him in training camp, they could cut him at any time, and they're not going to be on the hook for any money. So I, I got Jared Stidham ahead. Yeah, so I see the the complete other way. I, I see Cam Newton coming out of Patriots camp as the winner um, of the starting quarterback job. Um, I, and let's actually back up real quick, and I'll get into that in a second. But uh, when I saw this last night, it was immediate elation, right? So anytime your team signs a, a big free agent or makes a massive trade, um, you get this, you know, instant goosebumps. You feel awesome. You're ready to go. You're on top of the world. But, I mean, as you start – it starts to sink in, you know, realistically. You start thinking about what's going to happen. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, the Cam Newton to Patriots uh, move is nice. But at the end of the day, man, like, what's that going to do for us, right? It's going to take us from a 6-10, and 7-9 team to a what? 9-7 and seven team now? Like, you got two, three extra wins? In the grand scheme of things, man, like, this team still is not that good. If you look around the roster top, top to bottom – um, you know, Pro Football Focus has its ranked as the 18th best roster. So um, immediately I was ecstatic. But, you know, as you look more realistically into it, I, you know, I just I don't. Yeah, I get it. I understand why uh, you get the uh, you want to sign Cam Newton. But I'm looking at it in, in a in a in a vacuum where it's like, well, well, what was the point of then, you know, uh, talking up Jarrett for so many months? And, like, I thought Jarrett was going to be the guy we're going to see if he's made out of nothing, you know? And if we if we have a bad season this year, then we'll fucking rebuild for the long haul. So it's a little bit of a wrench in the game plan that I thought Belichick had. But then again, who who knows what Belichick has in mind, right? Right. And that the thing, too, is, you know, with, with Cam Newton, I mean, yes, under – I think it was North Turner and his, uh, his son Scott Turner out in Carolina the last two years, he – he improved, you know, on his accuracy and, and completion percentage. But I mean, he's a career like 53% completion percentage. And unless, and listen, this isn't beyond the realm of possibility. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels could just revamp this entire offense to tailor made, uh, make it around uh, Cam Newton. But a lot of this offense in the past was based on timing based and precision and accuracy and, and having faith in the wide receivers or tight end whoever's doing the crossing routes underneath to, to hit that window on time and then take it to the house or get the chunk play. And unless Cam Newton all of a sudden in the last three months has become a prolific passer and improved his accuracy or, or Belichick is going to say, damn the torpedoes just freelance and improv and hopefully you don't get hurt. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they weave this offense to fit Cam Newton if, if he if he wins the job. And, and Jay, you brought up a great point. I mean, people yesterday, people all over social media, you know, my favorite Colin Cowherd, I think they were already penciling them into the AFC championship game. Oh, and, God, and some of them. Some of them were saying like the Super Bowl odds are through the roof and, and whatnot. And it's just like 
do you remember what they had last year as an offense? Sony Michelle couldn't hit any gap on time to break off a prolific run. Rex Burkhead was one of their best running backs and he got hurt. Uh, Nikhil Harry, he couldn't, he got the injury bug in training camp. And when he came back, he wasn't, he was, let's be honest, lackadaisical at times on the route running. Uh, Julian Edelman, in my opinion, is on the back nine of his career. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out of New England next year because they're going to have to start trimming the cap space to be able to compete and rebuild the roster. And Mohamed Sanu is coming back from ankle surgery. The reports sound like it's okay, but. You know, we saw what they got in him last year uh, for an abbreviated stint, and it wasn't anything to write home about. Maybe he'll pick up the playbook a little bit more. But and then who's your tight end, Matt Lacoste? Like, there's nothing really oh, inspiring draft, about the. Oh yeah, yeah you guys did draft, draft the kid out of two, Taken, right? Yeah, two guys, one out of Virginia Tech and one out of I believe what's his name out of UCLA. Um, right. Both nothing special. I looked at the tapes. I broke it down. Nothing special there. Right. So it's like, you know, again, like you said, like that, they might improve to like an extra two, maybe three wins, but I mean, let's stick but, with me on planet that's, earth. That's where my, my issue is. We know this year we're not going to win anything of significance, right? I think the Patriots and as a Patriots fan, uh, I can get carried away sometimes, but to be realistic, 100%, I don't see us win the division this year. So why bring in a guy that can win you more games and take you out of, out of draft position? You know what I'm saying? Like, why not, you know, suck it up this year, be 6-10, and 7-9, wherever it falls, wherever it lands, and then go after a, a high-priced quarterback in the draft, whether it's a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. But in regards to Ken Wynn himself, like, if you look at his numbers, right, at the end of the day, you know, his numbers for his career are not that bad, but not that great either. You know, his uh, completion percentage is 59.6. Um, on top of that, his a quarterback record of, of game started and won. I'm sorry about that. It's 69-55 and one. Um, touchdown to interception ratio is 108. I'm sorry, uh, 182 uh, touchdowns and 108 interceptions. Um, so across the board, man, listen, he, he has some very highs in the NFL. And he has some very lows in the NFL as well. But what this move really tells me about Belichick is I don't think he's told on Stidham, man. And the reason why I say that is because this just didn't happen last night. From what we've heard over the last couple of uh, – of, over the last 24 hours from the people in the know is, you know, Belichick did his homework back in March and was, was calling people around back in March and seeing if, you know, Cam Moon was the guy he should be signing, right? He was calling old, you know uh, – um, Offensive coordinators for Cam Newton and getting the getting the lowdown from those guys. Um, and then the reason why it happened now is because the price came down for Cam. As Cam's, you know, as the months went on, Cam saw nobody really wanted to sign him, um, and he, he made that he made that move with the, with the Patriots. So I know there's a lot of uh, reports out there saying Stidham was the guy, and you know Belichick's developing him. Um, but besides you, Brandon, like 80% of the people out there are saying Cam Newton's win the job out of out of training camp. And if that's the case, then it told us a lot about Stidham then and how Belichick views Stidham. Right. I was I saw a report today from uh, the Athletic. It's uh, Jeff Jeff Howe. He's the, the beat reporter, I guess, for the Athletic for the New England Patriots. And you know, real quick, you can find this on RotoWorld.com. I mean, that he basically came out along with uh, Mike Reese. He's the beat reporter for ESPN. And they they conceded. They said, yeah, like if you know, right now it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. It's wouldn't even be stunning if uh, Cam Newton is is not the you know he is the best the team's best option. But a lot of people inside of Foxborough, according to these guys' sources, they're not closing the door on on Jared Stidham, and that's why. And granted, I get it. 
you have Cam Newton, former MVP, five years removed. Uh, you know, he, he got to the Super Bowl at, in that year as well, too. You know, athletic freak, stud. But you have this, you know, this system, like I said, it's timing-based. And instead of was athletic enough in Auburn to basically run the same offense that was there when Cam Newton was down there. And I think he's got just got a leg up right now in the well, playbook. Well, in so, regards to the system, uh, uh, Brandon, I think the system is going to be tailored around the starting quarterback. So, And Belichick is smart enough where he's going to tailor around either Cam Newton or Jared Stidham, whoever wins that job. Um, at the end of the day, there was a report out, not a report, but Albert Rio was on, um, what was it, the, the Herd today, I was listening to him, and Albert Rio was talking about how the Patriots wanted to heavily go after um, Lamar Jackson, right, a couple of years ago, and on top of that, they were going to have a couple packages of plays for Lamar Jackson, right? And then right. Albert Rio also brought up the fact that Jacoby Bursett, in, in a four-day span, when he found out he was going to be the starting quarterback, they essentially took that offense and retooled it all around Jacoby Bursett, and, and that's what the Patriots are known for. You've had this conversation with me, Many times, week in and week out, you don't know which Patriots team is going to come. It could be a running attack. It could be a throw the ball down the field 90 times. It all depends on what the weaknesses are of the defense and how you're going to attack it with the strengths of your players. So it's not one of those things where the offense we saw last year is going to be the offense going to be on the field next year. Absolutely not. I've watched Belichick enough for 20 years to realize it's not it's not a one-cookie-cutter offense for everybody. So it's going to be a completely different thing for Cam Newton for himself. Right. No, I get that. But my point is, is behind an offensive line that couldn't even keep you know, Tom Brady standing up a decent amount. You know, you have this guy coming off of a Liz Frank injury uh, in Cam Newton. And I mean, he, he got hurt in the preseason last year, just trying to avoid being tackled against the New England Patriots. And, you know, I think this offensive line is slightly better than what Carolina had last year. And, you know, I'm just until I see him in camp, I'm just not that confident and putting him as the number one uh, quarterback in, in the room right now. I just, I, I, I can't do it. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. I hope he balls out. And, you know, let's not forget this. And real quick, and I'm just going to bridge these two stories. At the same time that Cam Newton signed his contract, or the or reports came out, rather, that he agreed to a deal, you also had reports coming out that the New England Patriots got fined a million dollars. Their staff can't do any uh, filming of any NFL games for the entire season this year. And they lost a third-round draft pick on top of that because of, I guess you could say, Spygate 1.5 you know, for, for recording uh, hand signals from the, the Cincinnati Bengals last year. I don't I wouldn't put it past the realm of possibility either that if they sign Cam Newton, he's a free agent next year and he'll also be a compensatory pick now. If he's able to either win the job, ball out and, and get paid, or even if people started calling Bill Belichick in the offseason and if Cam doesn't start and just ask, hey, how is Cam Newton in the locker room? What was he like preparing for things? Because, you know, I don't have a problem with Cam Newton, but there's been this, you know, I guess um, reputation about him that he's kind of surly. He's a, he's a diva. You know, he can be not cancerous, not to that level, but he could be kind of, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but cretankerous, I guess, like we've seen him after press conferences. I know exactly what you're saying. He can be very unpatriot like. Exactly. Because that's and, what I had that's what I had in my mind as well when this happened. And and a lot of people are talking about will Cam fit in that system. I don't have I don't have any doubt he'll be able to run that system or whatever system they come up with. What I do have a doubt about is whether or not he's gonna be able to get along with Belichick, right? I mean that seems to be the big, you know, 
um, elephant in the room here is can Cam Newton contain who he is as a person and take the abuse from Belichick and figure out, you know, if he's a leader, if he's going to get reamed down in those uh, in those um, meetings, can he take that as a person, right? Right, because he's going to be coached the same way as, you know, if you're the star player or if you're the 56th man on the roster. And just to finish my thought real quick, like, I wouldn't put it past New England to say, hey, like, we're going to sign Cam Newton, and if he signs somewhere, we're going to get that draft pick that we lost, you know, back in the compensatory pick formula. So I wouldn't put it past the realm of possibility on that either. It's it's just kind of funny how that got buried with the Cam Newton signing yesterday. Well, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that the Cam Newton signing was in response to the report leaking of, of the uh, the fines and everything. I think so too. I mean, I think I, I honestly think that they're they're doing this to to get a, a a comp pick next year for for the pick that they lost in the in the fine that they got this year. Some guy was throwing around the um, the notion that Colin Kaepernick is going to get signed by the Patriots as well, and not in the capacity of a player, something different. Um, I saw that being thrown around last night as well. What? Yeah, yeah, like a. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a coach or if it's an ambassador. I don't know what it is. But there's there was this um there was this little rumor by somebody verified on, on Twitter last night. I won't mention names, but uh, I'll, I'll send it to you later on tonight. Oh come on now. <laughs> Stop it. I mean yeah he just he signed uh I think he signed a, a a deal to be some ambassador or a board member for I think Medium some some media outlet. But no I mean but, but yeah. I don't. I don't know. What are they gonna do? Like, let's call it for what it is. Boston and, and uh, has not really had the the best reputation as being a how to word this a race friendly city. So I mean, what are you gonna do? Like bring like bring Colin in to just bridge the gap between you know hillbillies in in Boston and Foxborough still fighting the Civil War and and modern 2020 times. Like, there's no way. Like, well, I think, I think that's why the thought process comes up. It's like, hey, we need to really help out these racist folk up here. <laughs> let's change their mind somehow. <laughs> Who knows? That's, I, you know what's funny? Before I lived in the Northeast. Let's just shotgun I, ideas, Colin Cowherd style. Okay. Anyhow, well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I really didn't realize this until I lived in the Northeast. And I came out here four years ago, and now I'm not a native Northeasterner. Um, but I didn't realize Boston was so racist. Like, I, I had no idea. But apparently it's like Italy part two up there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could just look up Boston. You can Google it sometime. Just like Boston City busing uh, desegregation, and I, I'm pretty sure that has its own Wikipedia page. Yeah, it was it was fun times in Boston, and you can look at you know baseball reports coming out this year of, from Tory Hunter and Adam Jones a few years ago. Yeah, let's call a spade a spade. Like it's not the most race friendly city in the country. Um, so real quick, I'm not buying that thought of Colin coming in as a Im- ambassador of race relations to, to Fox. Well, so listen, that was just me making up a title. Like, I don't know what it was. The, the tweet was very vague. It was like, Hey, all we know is that Colin Kaepernick and the Patriots are talking and it's not for Yo, on the field. Who put, who put this up? I gotta, I gotta find this. Uh, I'll have to find out for you later on tonight and get it over to you. Damn. Um, but what I wanted to do real quick between all is I wanted to run through the Patriots schedule one more time with you. And I wanted to go through that whole game that we all love, that win-loss game, right? Um, and I think the reason why I want to do this is because before, we last time we did this, 
uh, some of the teams that I was given a eh to, like the Miami Dolphins, I think I'm going to lean more towards the Patriots winning now because of of Cam Newton. You know what I'm saying? Um, So let's run through that real quick. And week one, we have the Miami Dolphins. And I think before I was on the fence, but now I'm giving the the Patriots a win there. What's your thoughts on that? Uh... I'll split the season. I'll split the series like last year. I'll give. I'll, I'll. I'll have them lose on the road in Foxborough, but I'm gonna have them win when they come down to South Beach. All right. So keep your own track here, okay? So, um, I got them winning Seattle. I got them losing at Seattle, right? So that's a mm-hmm. loss. Um, Las Vegas Raiders in Gillette. Um, I actually have them winning this now. Uh, I'm going to go with the loss. I kind of like the defensive side of the football from Oakland last year. I think uh, that Max kid on the defensive line is going to ravage that offensive line of New England. So I'm going to go with the loss. Uh, week four at Arrowhead, absolutely no chance of winning this game. Um, week five against the Broncos, the Broncos I'm high on. I think they're going to be a uh, very dark horse uh, this year in regards to the uh, – Making the uh, the playoffs, so I'm gonna give the Denver Broncos a win as well. Um, how about week uh, October 25th, the 49ers? That's also a loss, right? Yeah, I have San Francisco winning that, so I think I'm at like one and six. I'm at two and five. Um, next week, uh, November 1st, at the Bills, I have another loss here as well. At the Bills in November, no way, you know. Yep, one and seven, same here. I'm at two and uh, we'll figure. Out. And then from there. At the Jets, I got them winning that game, so that's three wins now. Yeah, I have them winning too, so I'm at two and seven. Baltimore, I got them as a losing as losing with the Ravens. Same. Losing at Houston. Yep. Winning against the Cardinals. Loss. Give me. I think I'm at like two and was that two and ten? Back to back, I have them. Um, so they're in the Los Angeles back to back week, so they're gonna mm-hmm. win one. So I'll have them beat the uh, beat the Rams and lose. Um, I'm sorry, beat the Chargers and lose to the Rams. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you on that. And then I have them beating the Miami Dolphins at six wins. Uh, I have Miami winning that, so oh. that's a loss. And then I got them beating both Buffalo and the Jets. So I have them finishing the year at eight wins, eight losses. Uh, I have, I have Buffalo going for the sweep. So I have that as a loss for New England and Jesus, I'll give them the win at the Jets and they'll, they'll sweep that series. So uh, essentially I'm eight and eight. You're what? Nine and seven. I don't think I'm that high. Eight and eight I as lost well. Count. So, yeah. Somewhere around there, maybe a game under. Regardless of what I'm trying to say is essentially the way we see it panning out on paper, it was a six win team beforehand for me. And now they're more on the eight win team. Um, maybe a nine, if they squeeze something out here and there that we didn't see coming. So I just, I just don't get the, the signing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like I thought we had a plan. I thought the plan was to see if Jarrett was made of something. And if not, then we'll move on and figure out what the long-term plan is. Now we're throwing Cam in the mix and throwing a big wrench into it. On top of that, it's not even a long-term deal. Like I understand if we sign him to a three, four year deal, then we have something to look forward to and we're going to build around him. And you know, the bell check and the staff feel comfortable enough in his health that they're going to put a long-term plan around him. But it's not even that it's simply, Hey, you're on one year contract. Um, you're in it, you know, you're, you're here for one year and then you might be gone, you know? Right. And they could cut him at any time. Uh, but 
I think it was you, maybe about two months ago, you sent me something on Twitter where I think New England was like bottom of the league in advanced ticket sales. And this was right at the beginning of COVID. It was right after Tom Brady left and nobody was really re-upping their season tickets and nobody was really buying single ticket, you know, orders in advance for potential games. You know, how much of this is also employed to try to just put fans in the stands, you know, like Tim Tebow mania when they brought him into training camp a few years ago. Uh, I'm, again, I'm not that high on this contract. They can cut him at any time. There's no guarantees. There's a lot hinging on whether or not he can hit these kickers. And I just I just have Jared Stidham ahead in the, in the clubhouse still. Um, OK, cool. Well, um, do you have anything else you want to say in regards to this topic, sir? Um, so I guess you could call it fantasy football related. So where, if we're drafting, we're, you know, we're drafting, uh, we're drafting today. Where are you waiting for Cam Newton to, to hit waivers? Are you drafting him with a late round flyer? Like how are you? I'm drafting Cam Newton in the middle uh, of the draft, somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. Um, actually, no, I take it back. I'm much lower, much lower, just because at the end of the day, I, I like running quarterbacks in fantasy football, right? Um, right. Makes a lot more sense to to get a running quarterback than just a a standalone in the pocket in the pocket quarterback. But if uh, fantasy wise, I'd be taking them somewhere in that probably fifth or sixth round, man. Gotcha. I might if it's a ten team league, I might have them hit just sit on waivers and see what happens. It might just be like a matchup type of game. Uh, you know, depending on who they're playing that week, if it's say like a 12 team or a super flex, I might think about drafting him in the, in the late round as, you know, just like a bench guy, see how things shake out the first two weeks. If he wins the starting job and especially in a super flex, you just throw him in there and and get some, uh, get some valuable points if he's able to play the whole year. So that's, that's kind of my fantasy implication of the Cam Newton signing. All right. Look at your, um, look at your Twitter account. Uh, where the hell is my phone? All right. Well, is this the guy that did this? Yeah. Who's JT the Brick? Apparently host for Mad Dog Sports Radio and oh, on, broadcaster. On, yeah, on, on Sirius. Yeah. Is this sort of lunatic or is he like legit? Um, I haven't listened to – I love Mad Dog. Uh, I haven't listened to Mad Dog enough to know who this guy is. Uh, I chalked this report up to – what Moose for WFAN broke right before the NFL draft saying that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be traded uh, to the Minnesota Vikings. Like these, you know, Moose doesn't typically break news. I don't think this guy typically breaks news. So I'm not taking a whole lot of stock in what this guy's saying. And I didn't either, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it looks like it's some jabroni. The only thing that raises your eyebrow a little bit is because of the little check sign, the, the confirmed thing, you know? Right. I mean, I think it's a little bit higher than Colin uh, Cowherd's arm talent scale, uh, but eh, no, that's a hard pass. Sorry, JT. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, just one of those one of those random regional jockeys is trying to make a national name for himself. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, let me ask you a question, though. In regards to your projections for Cam this year, let's say he does win the job, right, and he comes out of out of training camp healthy, and he says help. Healthy for all 16 games. Do you think he's in, you know, in MVP kind of talks? Is he just middle of the pack quarterbacking, like his QBR for the year? Do you think he'll be in the 60s or lower? Like, what's your, what's your general fear if Cam is healthy and he's out there playing for all 16 games? Oh, uh, God. 
middle of the pack. I think it's way, way too early to, to start jumping on the MVP bandwagon. It, it's, you know, it's going to come down to can he avoid the injury bug? I'm not that confident in it. There's not enough weapons in New England around him to 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 have him flourish. I think. Granted, Carolina has never really been the most offensively adept squad uh, until maybe Christian McCaffrey got there, but the wide receiver cast was never that great. I, I think this was honestly like a step back on the offensive football, offensive side of the football compared to what Cam Newton has had in the past. I, I don't think there's a supporting cast enough around him to propel him to sleeper MVP candidate or, or shoe in uh shoe-in kind of guy. I mean, a lot of people are saying he's the best quarterback in the AFC East right now. Talent-wise, yeah, I would I would have him up there, but you know, until he starts getting hit by people, I am not putting him in that category. I still think this is also the Bills division to win. Uh I, I like their roster a lot more than what New England has. And, you know, again, I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. Wait, but... You think you think uh you think Cameron has more talent than Jared Sidham? I mean, that's never been the debate, Jay. It's always, I oh, mean, the talent-wise, talent he's always he's always been an athletic stud coming out of college. And even for when he was on the, the University of Florida roster behind, what was it, Tim Tebow, and there was one other guy ahead of him. Uh, yeah, he's an athletic freak. But it still, I just think he's him being... Jared Stidham is ahead in the uh, in the locker room with with the starting job right now. Listen, if you want to make a little bet, and we had this discussion last night via Twitter, but I'd be more than happy to put fifty on Jared Stidham not winning, uh, Cam Newton winning the uh, the title of the quarterback position coming out of camp. All right, All right put fifty bucks. down. Was that bucks. Ulysses Ulysses S. Grant? You you heard it here first. If Cam Newton wins the starting quarterback job, fifty bucks is paid to Jay Chima. Yeah, we'll you, already, see. you did pay up your bet the other day for the for the Andy Dalton bet. Yeah, hey, if Silva pays his debt, quarantine, uh, quarantine aside, uh, yes, I did pay my debt off. Okay. Um, what was I gonna ask you? Shit, I completely lost my mind, bro. All you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so unless Jay remembers what he's uh what his thought was in typical Liz uh, fashion. I got it. All right, what do you got? And I'm going to try my very best to be um, – how do I say this? Uh, I'm not going to let my hate come out as strong as I have hate for this guy because it can be misconstrued in today's day and times, right? What were your thoughts on Richard Sherman and his disgusted salary remarks with the Patriots signing Cam Newton last night? I think he jumped the gun a little bit on the comments. Um, I, you know, I, I saw it real quick today and I was half asleep when I read it when I was getting ready for work but from what I heard and you know I like Richard Sherman he's you know well-educated guy went to Stanford you know grew up in South Central he 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 knows the inning and the score in, in you know things around you know around the world affecting football and whatnot but I, I think he just jumped the gun I mean let's face facts Richard again the guy has been injury plagued the last two years he's been 0-8 the last couple of years he's got this you know, dogged reputation of not being the most team friendly guy. But I mean, granted, you ask a player, you're never going to find a bad word about him, but it's just the public persona of things that puts people off a little bit. And I I just think this is the one time where maybe Richard Sherman may have hit send a little bit too early on. The oh, tweet. the one time, the one but that's time. just it. 
I mean, you know, you, you hate Richard Sherman just because I think he was just talking shit to Tom Brady after they they uh, mm-hmm. they beat him in a regular season mm-hmm. game. But Damn right. I mean, I mean, Tom Brady talks a lot of shit, too. But who gives a shit? Yeah, but Tom uh, is the greatest of all time. He can talk as much shit as he wants. Yeah. Richard Sherman is one of the best cornerbacks in the game. Uh, uh, he's not. And no, yeah. he's not. Here we and go. No, he's not. Whatever. Get torched. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I still think he was one of the, he's one of the best corners in the game. Uh, so I think he, oh, he's, earned- I, I just wanted to bring it up just so I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because, you know, I have uh, some serious, strong hatred for Richard Sherman. So I'm going to refrain from commenting and I'm just glad that you see it the way I see it. You know, see, see what way that he's one of the best corners in the game. Oh, that- no, 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 we're talking about his tweet last night, his tweet of the, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, again, I think he just. Didn't really get the inning and the score on that one. No, no, uh, no risk contract for a team that has zero cap space. Uh, so yeah, I don't think he knew a whole lot of what was going on with the Pats financially I think, I think, in that situation. I think what I think what irked me the most was that disgusting word. You know what I'm saying? That's what irked me the most. Let me let me find this comment real quick because uh, I got to refresh my memory a little. Uh, what the hell is it? How many? All right. See, this is a thing that that kind of scratches my head a little bit too. Is people are talking again, like they're talking of Cam as if he just won the MVP. He won it five years ago. Like that, he won it five years ago. He has not been able to stay on a field completely healthy for the most part. I, I just, you know, like let's let's stop talking as if he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like it's. Until he can play a full season, I, 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 I'm not putting him up in that category of, oh, my God, this is disgusting. I mean, Richard, do you know the inning and the score of the world today? Nobody could do any physicals for players in free agency because of COVID. Are you willing to, if you're an owner of a team, are you willing to tie millions of, of dollars in cap space to a guy that you can't even get into your facility to physically examine? Are you willing to tie up draft picks in a certain individual? See, Are this, you? This is my problem with Sherman. He comes across as this great intellect, but but I really believe, I really believe he's one of these half-assed jabronis that just says shit to be irrelevant in the media. Like I really believe he doesn't really believe what he says, and he just needs to see his name in the headlines in the papers. Like the shit that he says, it's pretty outlandish. There's like no rhyme reason behind it sometimes, you know. Uh, no, no. The leader of that category is Cowherd. Um, no, I don't. Again, I still, lo- I still love Richard Sherman. I still love what he does off the field. I love his background story. I love him as a person, but uh, I, I just think he lost the plot in the situation leading up to the signing. Okay. Uh, last note on Cam Newton. Um, you know what? I didn't realize Cam Newton was only 31 years old. Did you realize that? Yeah, well, 31 with, you know, probably uh, the, the injury history of a, a guy on the back end of his career. Yeah, no, he's still he's still super young, man. It's just, you know, those those injuries piled up, bro. Like it's it's, you know, avoiding not not to be not to, I guess, cut him down at the knees. But like it's, you know, the the, the Liz Frank was just trying to avoid pressure in the pocket. Uh, this, too. Remember, remember watching that game in preseason against the Patriots? Yeah, I was watching that at my boy's garage. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. The last couple of years, it's it's been kind of Sam Bradford-ish. 
of the injury history. And I, hey, good on, good on New England. You got you got a former MVP five years removed, and you don't have any guaranteed t- cash tied up to him. You, you can cut him at any time and and no issues. So yeah. hey, you know, so kudos the, to Belichick. The last time he was playing really well, Cam Newton was, I believe, two years ago. And they were playing really well, and they were like eight and like one. I'm sorry, they were like nine and one maybe going into a Thursday night game against the Steelers. They're on a hot roll, like they were playing really good football. And, and Cam they got hurt. I watched Cam, that game. Yeah, Cam took that hit to the shoulder, and he just hasn't been able to recover. And that was two years from now. Um, so you know, there's obviously a lot of concerns about his health, but when he's on, man, and he's healthy. Which is a which is a big if, and you know I'm not being hypocritical here because I I bury Carson Wentz every chance I can because availability is a skill in the NFL. Like you got to be on the football field, so that's where the concerns come in for Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts, but you know there's always a, there's always that group that's like oh. We're going to the Super Bowl. I would be saying that as well today if we had more talent around him. Like, dude, like you look at that roster, man, and it's like even on defense, it's not that good. Like last year's defense is purged, and they got a bunch of rookies in there that they have high hopes for. But like, I just I don't see it, man. Like, I this is a this is an eight and eight team. This is a six and ten team that became eight and eight today. Okay, you you got two more wins, and you're in the middle of the pack, and that's gonna do you no good for next year's draft position. Yep. Yep. Facts. Facts. <laughs> but I will say this. It will make the season more interesting to watch. Because let's face it, Jared Stidham going 6-10 and 10 and Cam Newton going 8-8 eight and eight is two completely different uh, thrill levels. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. See if he even makes it out of camp. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, uh, that's all I got, man. You got anything else? Nah, man. That's it. That uh, basically concludes this emergency podcast of the PFR podcast, uh, and you, you can find this on your feed, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. You can find uh, our Facebook page and Instagram page at Pro Football Radio Podcast. Like, subscribe, download, share. We're all trying to survive these quarantine times. Some people might be going back to the office. Some people might still be working at the house. Give us a like, give us a download, give us a listen. We'll pass these quarantine times together. Otherwise, that's all I got, Jay. Some of us, and by some of us, you mean nobody in Florida and Texas, right? <laughs> uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's Florida marching to the beat of their own drum. Uh, they're starting to become the Italy of the United States in regards to case count. And they're finally just coming to the idea that maybe we should close bars down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, well, that is all I got. We'll talk to you guys soon. Via Cardio.